0: now Made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennec. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 146, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer technology. Thanks for listening and thanks for downloading once again. And if you're joining us for the very first time, welcome to the team. My name is Stephen Fennick, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, how you can celebrate Star Wars Day. Vodafone now offering double data on mobile plans and how the VoiceBite app is being used by Bondi Lifesavers. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the new Kindle Voyage e-reader, the new LG G4 smartphone and the Microsoft Surface 3 tablet and we'll finish it off with the Tech Guide help desk and it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products. Lots to get through, so let's get cracking. Well, today is May the 4th, and otherwise known as Star Wars Day. Now, a lot of people weren't aware of this day, uh, being a, a massive Star Wars fan, a, a self-confessed, unashamed Star Wars fan that I am. Uh, this has been a day I'll be looking forward to, but there are a lot of people uh, who weren't aware that this day even existed. Star Wars Day... May the 4th, actually dates back all the way back to 1979, in fact, the day Margaret Thatcher took office as the British Prime Minister. What had happened on that day, her Conservative Party placed a full-page ad in the London Evening Standard with uh, stating, May the 4th be with you, Maggie. Now, uh, it was only uh, it was the Star Wars. The original Star Wars film was the only film, obviously, that had been out by that time. And Empire Strikes Back was coming, uh, and Star Wars fans have jumped all over that day ever since. So uh, it has been around for quite some time. May the Fourth, otherwise known as Star Wars Day. There's even signs in stores. I've noticed so, uh, signs signs in Big W and Target places like that where obviously they've got a lot of Star Wars merchandise to sell but the fact that they are hanging these signs up in stores and making a bit of a fuss about it I think is another another indication that the day is becoming more widely known no complaints there from me I'm uh, I'm happy to celebrate this day every day uh, but there are there are a few things we can do to celebrate Star Wars day now it does surprise me that there are still some people out there that haven't seen Star Wars yet uh, I'm so I'm shocked actually when people tell me that uh, if you are one of those people feel free to, to send me a tweet at Stephen Fennick and that's Stephen with the pH uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on this if you are a Star Wars virgin have never seen a Star Wars film I'm really interested to hear how you could have avoided seeing a Star Wars film in all this time. But for all you other fans out there, there are plenty of ways you can celebrate that fandom. Uh, first of all is watching the films. Now, I get a lot of questions. I, I, I do I do hear from friends who ask me, look, my kids are now old enough to watch Star Wars. What order should we watch the films in? This is a really interesting question because a lot of people assume you should start at Episode 1 and go through in order. My suggestion is you watch the Star Wars films in the order they were made. So in other words, start off at Episode 4. Uh, then So watch the original trilogy, then go back and do the prequels because a lot of the payoffs, a lot of the big moments of the original trilogy will be spoiled. Episodes 1, 2, and 3 are spoilers for what happens, those big moments in Episode Four, five, and six. So, watch the originals first. Follow up with the prequels, and of course, there is a brand new film coming out in on December 18. That's Episode Seven, The Force Awakens, which takes place 30 years after the events of Return of the Jedi, which of course was Episode Six. That's another thing you can do: watch the Episode Seven trailers. There are two of them at the moment, two teasers. There's the original one that came out in November and a more recent one that came out about a month ago. Uh, You can wear your Star Wars T-shirts. I've got so many Star Wars T-shirts, I think I could wear one a day for three months without doubling up. You could also dress up like your favourite character. There's a few people who are that into Star Wars, they are not afraid to don their character's clothing to look like their favourite character. And of course, plenty of merchandise to buy as well. And it's, uh, it's no secret that most of the money that the Star Wars franchise has generated has come through merchandising. In fact, the original film back in 1977 was one of the first films to actually bring out merchandise for, uh, for the movie and has now become one of the biggest money earners of all time. And now a lot of other companies, a lot of other movies, I should say, are doing the exact same thing. Now, there's a massive Star Wars universe out there. So much so, there's been literally hundreds of books written about Star Wars, whether it dates back to the times of the Old Republic, this is like hundreds of years before the events of the original trilogy, or even into the future with characters that were used in the Star Wars films and everything in between, including all the bounty hunters, all all the Jedi, all the Sith All the characters across the board. Such a rich tapestry of characters, vehicles, planets and politics to talk about and write about. Star Wars Day here and gone for another year. May the 4th be with you. If you want to take a look at all the stuff I've written about it on Tech Guide, you know where to go. Techguide.com.au This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennig. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. Well, it seems there's a real war among the telcos, and the battleground is data. Data is the factor, I think, that swings a lot of customers from one telco to another. You you think about how we use our phones nowadays. It's one of the things that we're after, especially a lot of younger users who are are on social media, uh, sharing content, downloading content, streaming content. Data is the be-all and end-all for those sort of customers. Talk and text, yeah, we're doing that, but everyone's offering unlimited talk and text now, so it's kind of a thing that you expect. Data is really the selling point for a lot of these new plans. Latest telco to come into this area is Vodafone. Now, they've always been pretty generous with their data allowances. Uh, they've, they've always sort of tried to compete with Optus and Virgin. And now Telstra have entered the uh, the data game. They, they really upped their their data offerings uh, starting on April the 9th. So a lot of a lot of Telstra customers were surprised to see the generosity that that company showed with additional data. Vodafone have kind of taken a leaf out of that book, they've gone down the same track and they're actually op- offering double the data for the duration of your contract. So if you sign up between between now and early June, I think you got till June the 2nd, on any of those compatible plans, there's 24-month plans, 12-month plans, and obviously plans with handsets, plans SIM only, uh, you can enjoy double the data of that original plan for the life of your plan. So if you sign up today for 24 months, you the double data amount will be yours for those 24 months. Uh, the fifty dollar red plan is where it starts at sim only that gets you four gig of data and you can double that to eight gig so for fifty bucks sim only so if you 've got your own smartphone you 're going to get eight gig of data next step up sixty five red plan that 's a sim only plan also that that has that comes with six anyway which is pretty is pretty decent value to begin with. Then you can double that to 12 gig, and that's 12 gig every month for the life of the contract. If you get a 24-month contract, you're to get 12 gig a month for two years, which is pretty good. Moving up all the way to the $130 Red Business Business Grow Plan, you did originally get 10 gigabytes. That was $130 a month. Double that, you get to 20 gigabytes a month. Unbelievable. There are also month-to-month plans. You can go $60 SIM only, and again, you still be able to double your data. Four gig jumps up to eight. On the $80 red SIM only plan month to month, six then jumps up to 12. Uh, 12 12-month SIM only contract plans as well. Business plans there. 60 bucks gets you four gig, double that to eight. 80 bucks gets you six gig, double that to 12. Vodafone, yet another company in the data, the arms race, let's call it, the data race, Uh, to win your business. There's a lot of people who are really interested in Vodafone. They've had had their troubles in the past, but I have to say that they've well and truly put them behind them. They're aggressively winning back customers and gaining even more. Uh, Vodafone are very competitive now. These double data plans are going to put them right back in contention for your business. If you're looking for more data on your plan, it'd be well worth checking out Vodafone. If you want to see all of those plans, I've got them on my report. At now, for those who haven't heard, I have developed an app. Now, I'll state this up front. Myself and my brother Michael, we've developed an app called VoiceBite. Now, this is an app that allows you to record and share audio up to 15 seconds. Anyone who follows me on Twitter, will often hear my tweets uh, shared through VoiceBite, of course. So, VoiceBite allows you to record a short clip title, like a short 100-character tweet, let's just say. It recognizes hashtags and add addresses, and then, of course, lets you record 15 seconds of audio, and you can actually add a link. So, that content package can be shared across within VoiceBite itself, as well as on Twitter and on Facebook. Now, anyone who follows me on Twitter, and uh, you can do that, at Stephen Fennec, and that's Stephen spelt with a P-H, you'll often hear my voice on Twitter that's shared through my VoiceBite app. Now, there are other ways you can share your voice. You can also share it privately. So if you are listening to someone on VoiceBot and they're listening to you back, a little bit like Twitter, you're following and following back, you can send private messages. Well, on VoiceBite, you can send private voice messages. So rather than me having to type out a long message, I can simply send a 15-second message to one of my friends privately, to a group of people of my choosing. Uh, and they can also reply using their voice as well. Well, the other way you can share your voice, and here's where the Bondi Beach lifeguards come into the picture, that is where you can share your voice locally using a, a new feature on VoiceBite called voice tagging. So you can take that 15-second recording and geolocate it relevant in, in an area that's relevant to that recording. For example, Bondi Beach. Uh, we showed this feature to Bruce Hopkins, our mate Hopo down at Bondi, about eighteen months ago, and he said, "Look, well, this was the idea that we had. hasn't hadn't been developed yet. We're still creating the technology, patent pending technology, by the way." And he said, "Right, well, that is a really good way of sharing safety messages along Bondi Beach. They get a lot of tourists there. up to Up to fifty thousand people can crowd into Bondi Beach every day uh, during the summer." And they perform the Bondi lifeguards up to 1,500 rescues a year. Uh, there are more than 2 million visitors to the beach annually, as well, a lot of them foreign tourists who don't know the conditions who may have never been to an Australian beach before uh, and don't really understand rips and, and the flags, where you need to tw- need to swim, and unless they're within range of the lifeguard tower, that's the only place they can really hear those safety messages. Well, with VoiceBite, they re- the guys down there recognise the fact that they could geolocate a message that could be heard along the full width of Bondi Beach. Uh, and that's using our voice tagging app. So with that, you can record your voice, attach a link, and also attach a picture. Uh, we were down there last week with Hoppo, and he recorded the first official voice tag of Bondi. And it was an instruction on how, where you need to swim, what you need to look for, what the flags look like. He attached a picture of the of the red and yellow flags. And he also said that if there are no flags, you can't swim. Now, the, the beauty of VoiceBot is you, these messages can be recorded in multiple languages can be recorded in Japanese Chinese Spanish Italian uh, and it gives all these people along the beach the opportunity when they have when they have the voice app and they're within range of that so there's a, a range of a maximum range of 500 meters for those messages they are going to hear those messages while they're at the beach as soon as they leave the beach they go out of range they don't need to hear that information because they're not there that's the beauty of voice tagging voice tagging would be a great feature even for tourist attractions so if you're standing outside some kind of Location and you want to hear some information, well, the company behind that location could easily set voice tags all around the perimeter where you can listen to the audio, some audio content about what you're looking at using the VoiceByte app. Uh, that can be used in a number of ways. Personal trainers have even left voice tags along certain routes, certain parks, certain trails, and allows their clients to hear their instructions that are geolocated along their path. So voice tagging, it is here, Bondi Beach were the first, uh, Bondi Beach lifeguards were the first to jump on board, and as I said, full disclosure, this is an app that I have co-developed uh, with my younger brother Michael, uh, we, uh, we were really happy to involve the Bondi lifeguards, the the mayor, uh, Waverley Mayor Sally Betts was also down there when we were recording our first voice tag. And her thoughts were, look, anything that improves uh, beach safety is something they're really going to take notice of and they're going to help us promote VoiceBite as a way for uh, visitors to Bondo Beach to access those safety messages. You want to read more about it and see pictures of Bruce Hoppo Hopkins uh, recording that first voice tag and uh, pictures of myself and my brother Michael down the beach with uh, the Waverly Mayor, Sally Betts and Hoppo, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Steven Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number 1 Wi-Fi brand. And they are the company behind Arlo, the only 100% wire-free HD smart home security camera. There's no need for a power outlet near the Arlo camera, which means there are no ugly cords and you have the freedom to place the cameras wherever you like. Arlo security cameras have built-in night vision so they can be used day and night to see what's happening at any time. And they can be placed inside or out because Arlo cameras are weatherproof as well. Users can enjoy amazingly sharp 720p live video and receive a notification if anything moves thanks to motion detection alerts. So whether you want to check in to make sure the kids are home safe, that the baby's still asleep, the courier's dropped off your package, or if the holiday home or small business is secure, Arlo can give you peace of mind and all from the palm of your hand with the free Arlo app. A click or two is all you ever need to do to set it up and check in. Check out the new 100% wire free smart home cameras from Netgear at arlo.com forward slash AU. Now, a tech guide review with Stephen Fennick. Hey, Our first Tech Guide review for this week is an e-reader. Now, we've all heard of Kindle, of course, probably the most popular e-reader on the planet, the most recognizable. Well, Kindle, uh, Amazon, the company behind the Kindle, have come up with a brand new model, and it's called the Kindle Voyage. Now, this has really taken the experience to to the next level. Uh, There is a brighter, sharper screen on board. The product itself has been redesigned. Still got the six-inch screen, but it it has a slight redesign uh, and much better features under the hood. First up, it has a brighter screen and the screen not only can be used uh, to read in the dark, or even out in the middle, in in bright sunlight, it adjusts to your environment. So if you're reading out in the sun, it doesn't need to have a light on. It's going to adjust. There's no glare on the screen. But if you decide to read in bed next to your partner, the light will adapt to your surroundings. So if it is very dark, obviously the the light will, will uh, allow you to read the screen. The beauty of the Kindle is the light goes into the product rather than out of the product. So it doesn't light up the whole room. It kind of stays within the product and doesn't... Uh, light up and, and possibly disturb your partner. Uh, and it does adapt to those surroundings. So depending on the brightness of, your, of the room, uh, it does adjust that brightness for you. Now it does have a higher resolution as well, 300 PPI, that's pixels per inch. And what that does, that allows the type to be a lot sharper. Uh, everything is a lot easier to read. And that contrast also gives you a real paper-like experience. So it does make the letters really stand out, make make them look a lot sharper, that higher resolution and the contrast together give you a better reading experience. There's some new sensors on the outside, so some new page-turning technology, let's call them. So uh, on either side of the Kindle Voyage are two buttons, so one to go back a page and one to go forward a page. They're the same buttons on either side, so whether you're holding the, the device in your right hand or your left hand, they're easily accessible from either side now these these page sensors these sensor buttons uh, once you press it's called page press the feature once you press on the button you get a little bit of haptic feedback so a little vibration under your finger to let you know that that command has been received that the page turns uh, and same thing whether you go forward or back you get that little bit of haptic feedback So uh, a great way to speed through a book. The pages turn really fast, by the way. It's a much faster processor on board, so it is a lot quicker to get through your story. So no holding up, waiting for that page to turn design-wise, there has been a bit of a change, a major change, actually. So the front of the device is now flush. There's one piece of glass that goes across the whole device. So there's no, uh, on on the previous Paperwhite, there was actually a frame, and then the the screen was slightly lower than that frame. Now it's just all flush with one piece, so that uh, it does feel one, one level surface now across the front. The back is also made of magnesium, so it's magnesium reinforced. So it is a A tough device, you can take it anywhere, uh, and uh, it can handle your daily knocks and bumps. And scrape. so if you're thinking of taking this out with you every day, maybe on your commute uh, and uh, wherever you want to go, it can handle it. It's just 7.6 millimetres thick, so a bit thinner than the Paperwhite. And it weighs just 180 grams, which is a lot lighter than the previous model as well. Now, I've put some pictures side by side of the Kindle Voyage next to the Kindle Paperwhite. The Paperwhite was the first device that had that, uh, that, that brightness, that brighter screen. Well, the Voyage is even brighter still. It's a lot crisper. A lot whiter you see uh, the grayness of the of the screen is now gone. The voyage has got like a more a whiter screen i 've put those pictures side by side. You can see quite a dramatic difference between the two there's also a new cover for the kindle voyage it 's the origami cover now it it folds over the top like a notepad so that uh when, when and, it, and it attaches magnetically to the device so when you fold back the cover. It can magnetically attach to the back of the uh, of the cover of the origami cover, so it's it's still quite thin and easy to hold. Or that cover, if you want to bend it into shape, can then be used as a stand. Hence the name origami. You can actually fold it onto each other. There's magnets in the cover so that you can you can form a little stand so that uh, you can stand the book up. If you don't want to hold it, you can easily stand it up on a table. Uh, the Kindle Voyage is available now. Priced at $299, a little bit expensive. Uh, It is more expensive than the the Kobo Glow HD, which we spoke about recently. The accessories aren't cheap either. The origami cover, $74.95. They're available right now at Dick Smith stores. So that's $299 for the device itself, $74.95 for the origami cover. Uh, And if you want to check out my full review, you can do that at techguide.com.au. You updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide last week in Singapore, LG held a launch, part of a global launch, as a matter of fact, it was in other cities as well. They announced they unveiled the LG G4 smartphone. Now, the G3 last year, which was also launched in Singapore, I was there last year. That was, I think, one of the most underrated phones, Android phones on the market. Probably pound for pound, one of the best Android phones on the market, in my opinion. Uh, the, the 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 feature on the g3 uh, that's been carried forward to the g4 is the fact that all the buttons are on the back of the phone so your volume control your on/ off and lock key uh, are all on the back of the device rather than on the side of the device doing that allows the screen to take up more room on the front 5.5 inch screen but without the device being uh, overly large so you can you're fitting a larger screen in a smaller smaller size device and the g4 has kept Continued that tradition. Now the difference here with the G4, uh, they've taken a t- little bit of a different approach to the product. They've they've gone for more a fashion, beauty, style skew here. Uh, they've offered the L, the G4, in leather. Now there are I think six different leather colours that have been dyed uh, using vegetable dye, so that the uh, the colour is actually quite striking. But the whole back of the product is actually leather. So it's more like a piece of clothing or a a bag. It's a similar texture to something that you would wear or you would carry around. So LG have decided to make more of a fashion statement as much as a tech statement. I'll go into the specs in a moment. But uh, there are options now to have your LG G4 covered in leather, so the back panel in leather. There are also your regular choices with your normal plastic and ceramic, I think, is uh, one of the materials used. It's got a slightly curved back panel. And they tell me, I haven't seen this in the flesh yet, but they're saying, LG is saying, there's also a very slight curve in the screen as well can't wait to get my hand on it to check it out even further but style from a style perspective the device looks like a beauty on the spec front it's running android 5.1 it's got a 5.5 inch quad hd IPS screen, that's short for in-plane switching. It's got a quantum display uh, with a resolution of 2560 by 1440, and it's got a pixel density of 538. That's 538 pixels per inch, which is very sharp. It's got an octa-core Qualcomm Snapdragon processor. It's got 32 gig internal memory, 3 gig of RAM. Now, the camera is also another feature that's a standout of the G4. 16 megapixel, which is, is good enough. 16 megapixel, you think, wow, that's a lot, of, a lot of resolution for a mobile camera. That is right. But with this camera, it's got an f1.8 aperture to allow more, up to 80% more light than the previous model. Uh, the front-facing camera is 8 megapixels, so your selfies are going to look better than ever before. But back to the rear camera for a second. What it allows you to do here is have manual control. Now, this is a normal, normally a feature you'd get on a camera that costs up to $1,000, but the G4 is allowing users to have a bit more control, shutter speed, ISO, various things like that, exposure, So you can take more control with a camera you carry around every day on your smartphone. People are describing this camera as possibly being the best camera on a smartphone ever. We are yet to get it in our hands. We're hoping to do that very soon. The G4 from LG. Keep an eye out for it. I think it's going to turn a lot of heads when it's out. Australian pricing and launch dates have not been decided yet. But if you want to take an early look, you know where to find it. Techguide.com.au Now, Microsoft have been pretty busy in the tablet space. We've seen plenty of movement with them with their Surface Pro range. They're up to Surface Pro 3. Probably have a Surface Pro 4 out before you know it. But what they've done is they've released a more consumer version that's uh, more affordable in the ballpark of the consumer. It's the Surface 3 tablet. So the word Pro is missing, uh, and that's for a very good reason. It's got a smaller screen. There's a 12-inch screen on the Pro. This has got a 10-inch screen uh, it is a lot more affordable. Six hundred and ninety nine dollars is what it starts with, and that's for the two gig with sixty four gigabyte storage. So two gig RAM, sixty four gig storage, six ninety nine. You want to go up to the four gig, one twenty eight gig storage. That's eight hundred and thirty nine dollars. And later this year, they're going to release also the four G LTE versions for eight thirty nine with the same specs as those earlier ones, and nine seven nine for four gig and twenty eight gig storage as well. Now the beauty of this Surface 3 tablet is a it's a very powerful tablet for its price range now this is meant to compete right around the uh, the, iPad, the iPad market, so really in the same ballpark as the most popular tablet on the market, the iPad. But there are a few advantages you have here with Surface 3. First is it runs a full version of the Windows 8.1 operating system. So whether you're running a desktop, a tablet, uh, a, a laptop, or this Surface 3, you're running the same full 8.1 operating system and that means you can run full applications Office Suite, Office 365 you do get a free Office 365 subscription for 12 months, you will get a free Windows upgrade to Windows 10 when it comes out in a few months as well, now that operating system will run dead across every Windows device whether it's a phone, a tablet a desktop, a laptop, same operating system, so here apart from having the full operating system, there's also the connectivity of a laptop as well, you got a USB 3.0 port, a mini display port, a micro SD card slot, you've also got a headphone jack, uh, you've got a micro USB card uh, port which allows you to, uh, to charge it through that as well, uh, as well as using it for a secondary USB port on the side as well. Now, it does come that uh, you can purchase separately a type cover, so the cover also doubles up as the keyboard. The back of the laptop also has the same or similar kickstand that's on the Surface Pro 3, so you can stand the, the tablet up at a comfortable angle. Uh, and you can type away if you've got the type cover attached, so pretty much uh it, it does it does have the power and specs of a laptop, but can be used uh it has the versatility though of a tablet as well. So if you want to check it out, uh, there are also uh, there is a, a pen that you can buy also for the device. So if you want to write on the screen, there that is uh, available at extra cost. There's also a docking station, which uh, which I think is a bit expensive. It's two hundred seventy nine ninety nine. The type cover is not cheap either. I think that's one seventy nine ninety nine just for the cover, uh, and you can also buy the pen. I think it's seventy seventy four ninety five as well. So. The Surface 3 tablet itself is affordable. The accessories not the cheapest, but still, if you want if you want that device that can be used one day as a laptop, the next day as a tablet, or both on the same day, the Surface 3 really does tick those boxes. You want to check out my full review? You know where to find it. TechGuide.com.au TechGuide now. Answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide help desk. Well, I thought on the help desk this week, we would talk a little bit about the hidden features of the Apple Watch. Now, there's a few people who are starting to receive their Apple Watches now. Uh, There were some delays in the shipping, uh, depending on the times you ordered it. There are a lot more people that are getting the Apple Watch in their hands. Now, I have detailed a lot of the main features in my review, and you can find that at Tech Guide, but I thought I'd just talk about a few of the hidden features of the Apple Watch as well. Now, there are ways you can launch apps on the Apple Watch, and one of them, of course, is going to the app uh, the app list, which is uh, available when you press the digital crown. that That is like your home button, and you can see all of your apps appearing there with all the circular icons. You can move them around the screen and choose the apps you want to do. Well, you can also launch apps on the Apple Watch with your voice. Now, by pressing and holding that digital crown, Siri is brought up, and you can just say open weather or open messages or open phone, and it will uh, open the apps that you ask for. Uh, You can also ping your phone. Now, of course, Apple Watch works with an iPhone, an iPhone 5 and above, now, the Apple Watch is strapped to your wrist, so you're not going to leave that laying around anywhere, but your phone's a different story. Your phone could be, you might leave it under some papers in your office or in, on the lounge, and sometimes you can't find it if you're home or, or in the office. What you can do from the watch is actually send a ping, pinging sound from the watch. So it will create this pinging noise for, from uh, onto your iPhone, and that will help you locate it in case you misplace it. Uh, you can also switch between apps quite easily, double tapping the digital crown lets you go back to the previous, to the previous uh, app that you were using. Uh, you can also focus your iPhone camera. One, one of the things I like about it is there's a remote camera feature on the Apple Watch. So when you go to the remote camera feature on Apple Watch, it automatically opens the camera on your iPhone. So what it allows you to do is to, uh, you, you can maybe set up your phone at a distance, you'll see what your phone is seeing through the Apple Watch, and you'll be able to touch various parts of the screen to set the exposure, set the focus, and then or either click a shutter button that takes the photo straight away, or you can t- set up a timer as well. So that's a, li- a really interesting way to take your photographs as well. You can also use AirPlay. Now it's easy to to switch from your phone, you, from your watch. You can you maybe want to control or send some some music to uh, a, a, an Apple TV in your home. You may be, you may have some music on board you want to switch it to another source. You can do that using uh, the airplay controls and a lot of these features i 'm talking about are accessible with what they call a force touch so there's that you can touch the screen and scroll the screen but there you, there you can tap the screen. but if you apply a little bit more pressure you do, you do feel a little haptic feedback, a little vibration and another command appears there's a lot of apps that require to use that that force touch. To, uh, to work for example to clear all your notifications rather than having to go through one by one press in the notifications force touch there's a command to clear all pops up uh, if you want to write a new message whether you're on Twitter or in your messages app force touch and you can write a new message you can't type anything there's no keyboard on Apple watch but you can dictate uh, a message send an emoji or, or record uh, your message as well and send it as audio Uh, You can also switch your Apple Watch to silent because when you receive a phone call, the Apple Watch rings as well. Now, if you're in the middle of a meeting, if your phone's on silent, your Apple Watch is not. So if you receive a call and your watch starts to ring, all you need to do is cover your Apple Watch to silence it. Silence it. So place your palm down on the display for at least three seconds. You'll feel a little tap, a little haptic feedback to confirm. So that's called cover to mute. So it will automatically mute the Apple Watch. So there's just a few of the hidden features you'll find on Apple Watch. For those of you already using it, we'd love to hear yours. If you want to tweet us, at Stephen Fennec with a PH, or even at TechGuideAU, which is our Tech Guide Twitter, Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. If you've got some of those uh, hidden features that you've discovered, uh, we'll tell everyone about it here as well. But if you want to read my story about all the hidden features, you can do that at techguide.com.au. And that's the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about at techguide.com.au. And we'd love for you to get in touch. If you want to send us an email, you can find us at info at Special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs. If you want to stay connected, the answer is Netgear. Thanks for listening. Been great having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.